This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelore. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks. Hello, raw beauties. Have you had your daily checkup from the neck up? Ask yourself how you're doing. We have somebody here today who is the queen of self-care, the queen of pressing pause for a moment, making space for yourself in your calendar and your day-to-day life. Danica Brescia is joining me today. She's a three-times wellness entrepreneur, a body-positive fashion model signed with IMG Models, no big deal, and a self-care and lifestyle design coach. She is absolutely incredible. A few years ago, she did this insane event brunch. This is when I first noticed you and and the incredible work that you were doing. You went to like 66 places and connected with different women having conversations about self-care and wellness and all these beautiful things. We're going to dive into your story about your recovery from disordered eating, food addiction, body issues, excessive alcohol and drug use. I mean, you mentioned some debt. I'm really curious about that. We're going to just go there into all of these different things. You can see Danica over on her social media pages. We've linked to those down below at Danica Bryshaw. And then um, also, I mean, she's just everywhere right now. The Food Network, People, InStyle, Shape, Pop Sugar, Create, Cultivate. Thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm glad you started with this like disclaimer of rest and taking a pause because that is the only way that any of this stuff is possible. But it was like a deep exhale. I'm like, thank you for the reminder always to rest and pause because I always need it. It's so hard when you have big dreams and a lot of ambition and there's always things pulling at you. Like I'm sure your inbox is never fully clear. I'm sure there's always things that you could be doing. And I find that so many women are struggling with this in this specific area in that there's so much opportunity for us right now. And there's definitely this hustle culture vibe going on and glass ceilings are being broken and all of that is so incredible. And yet I know in the sessions that I do and in our Raw Beauty Reset, like people are struggling. They're overwhelmed, they're stressed, they're burnt out. It doesn't feel sustainable. So how are you doing it all? over there. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm not, I don't think anyone is. I have a great team. I guess at one point I I did it all in my own way until you can just grow and build and bring people on. And so, you know, I'm very fortunate. I have support, but I also feel overwhelmed all the time. And it's something like, it's probably like my main focus is how can I get to that energy of spaciousness? And I think one thing that I learned, I have to remind like my business partners sometimes, and just some of the women I work with is that life is not going to slow down. Like we have this mysterious idea that there's going to be this day where it's all done and life is slower and we have more time. And it just doesn't work that way. If you're continuing to go after your dreams and build this big, beautiful life that you want, it's only going to get bigger. So you have to find time within that to 
care for yourself. You have to find time within that to play and to do nothing. And I think that's the discipline, right? It's like I had to surrender that my inbox will never be done. You just can't do it. And I think when you learn that you have to find life within getting to the next point and make life peaceful and spacious within it, I think it becomes a lot more doable. Mm. Sometimes I think we can get so focused on that final end point, like hitting that goal weight or reaching that dollar amount in your bank account or getting that job title. And we've completely lose ourselves in the journey. The journey becomes so stressful. There's no play. There's no time. And I love that you use the word discipline in relation to self-care and creating space for yourself. Because think about it for anyone who's listening right now. When you think discipline, I have a feeling the first words that come to mind are like getting that 5.30 a.m. workout in and making time for that 30-minute meditation and pushing harder at work. Like discipline has this connotation of pushing, pushing, pushing. So I love the invitation to actually use it to create spaciousness, to soften, to find joy. So I'm so curious to know how you got to this place. Like what has inspired all these beautiful businesses? I find that usually the people who are the most motivated, it's often coming from a really deep place. So what's what's your story? What's your why? You know, I'm very fortunate. I grew up in a great family. I grew up with plenty of privileges and advantages and all that. But, you know, we all have our different struggles. And I struggled a lot. Like, I think the sort of central theme was for me around food and body. Like, that was like really where so much of my energy and attention went for so long. And I was just always kind of a bigger girl growing up. And it was like the peak of diet culture and like being super thin. And, you know, I'm currently, I'm, I'm 5'10, I'm like 200 pounds. I wear usually a size 14. So, you know, for me growing up, I was, you know, the biggest of my friends. And I just really decided, I think, especially via the media that I was seeing that that I wasn't worthy as I was. And it sent me on this whole journey of dieting and, you know, which ultimately led me to a really sort of up and down and negative relationship with food and body that turned into bulimia, that turned into cocaine use and Adderall use and alcohol abuse and all of those things. And then got me, you know, eventually kind of translated into binge eating disorder because it was like still this, you know, and I'd eat 10,000 calories in like 20 minutes. I have a specific memory of, of doing that. And that happened often because it was my drug, you know, and I very much, uh, my partner is in recovery from addiction and I very much identify as an addict around food. But now, you know, I feel like I live a completely different life. I feel I have so much peace around food and so much confidence in my body. Like maybe not even confidence is the word. It's like neutrality, right? It's like not either here nor there, which is exactly how I want it to be. You know, it doesn't really matter either way. So, you know, ultimately I followed a lot of the challenges that I had to changing what I ate finally from a place of self-love. I just knew that I deserved to feel better than I had. And I was struggling with like ADHD and all this stuff. And I just wanted to try something new. And for me, actually, the whole 30 was a huge gift. And I know that it can go both ways for people and it's not going to be for everyone. But for me, it was like one of the most healing things I've ever done for myself, both in an education of what foods to eat that would actually like clear my mind and, and make me thrive. And then as well as just because it cleared my mind like that, it gave me a depth of self-awareness and my ability to kind of dig into the deeper stuff like journaling and meditation and mindfulness and all that. So I did the whole 30 in 2014 totally changed my life, wanted to share it with people, started cooking out of my apartment in New York City. 
I've also been a plus size model for a long time. And uh, a lot of my food and diet history was the journey to that. I always wanted to be a model. So I kept trying to lose weight and lose weight and lose weight for a decade. And eventually was like, screw this. And I got approached randomly at Bank of America, right around the time I sort of had that like release moment where I was like, I'm just going to be myself and my body. I'm tired of this energy. Like, what if I put my energy into anything else? And so I signed with a modeling agency about 10 years ago. And I've been doing that for the last decade, I guess, and that sort of fashion journey. So, you know, I was living in New York City at the time was with Wilhelmina Models at the time. And that's where I started my first company, Model Meals. I wanted, it was a meal delivery company to get people healthy food. We just got acquired last week, which is really exciting. But ultimately, fast forward, COVID happened, and I'm living in Las Vegas now. And, um, and there was another company that had uh, like concept at the top of my mind that I'd been wanting to start for five or six years, especially after we went on this tour that you mentioned. It was a 66 event women's wellness tour, self care and all that. And that really informed me of how much people had the tools, they knew what they should do, but they didn't have the systems for the consistency and accountability. And, and what I was learning as I worked with women was that if I give them all these tools, but they didn't have a system for accountability and integration, they were actually ending up with more shame and more guilt and feeling worse about themselves than before they had any of this information. And I was like, I have to stop giving people information and I have to start giving people systems. And I have to start giving people a way to actually show up and do the work in the day to day instead of learning more. That's when we started Self-Care Society, which is like the Peloton of self-care. So it's the same way you'd work out your body. You're going to go and you're going to journal and practice gratitude and affirmations and mindset stuff and all that. So it's kind of like working with a life coach but in community and live. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L slash talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best 
friends. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at L-O-L-A-V-I-E.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. I'm curious, we talk a lot on this show about the reality of diets and how, I mean, we know 98% of them fail for people. Oftentimes it's a long-term predictor of weight gain, which there's nothing wrong with gaining weight. And often people need to in order to be healthier. So that's not a problem. But most people who go on a diet, if they're being honest with themselves, there's an intention to lose weight. And so when we go on the diet, there's a form of restriction, which can lead to these feelings of food addiction, as you described with the binge eating, which being there too. So I'm curious to know for you with whole food and model meals is, it looks like it's kind of based on whole 30 and paleo, how you found despite all of your history that this has really worked for you. And it's like a long-term sustainable plan. Do you ever have like cheesies or (laughs) (laughs) like a burger with an actual bun? Or are you, this is just your system and and you stick with it? Absolutely. What I want to say is that if people are in it right now, it's not overnight. I feel like the relationship I have with food, it's been a very long process to get to the point where I can eat very flexibly and intuitively. Now I really eat intuitively. And most Mm. of the time, what I want is more of a like paleo whole 30 style. Yes. That's what your body craves. Yeah. I just, and I feel the best that way, but I definitely include, you know, I eat grains sometimes. I really eat whatever I want. I had a burger with a bun in New York a couple of weeks ago. We had a bunch of bagels, you know, like order pizza. So, you know, it's interesting. Like there's no quick way to explain how we get there. Right. Because it's such a, I feel like the kind of progress that lasts for people is the kind where you feel like you're not making any, it's like the slower, (laughs) better. I'm not really sure how I got here. I think it was a combination. You know, I talk often about the connection between self-love and self-care because the more we cultivate self-love, the more natural it becomes to want to take care of ourselves because we care for things that we love, right? Like your children or if people have pets, it's so natural to want to care for them and make sure that they're feeling loved and comforted and nurtured. And if we can cultivate that same love for ourselves, then you don't need all the discipline to practice self-care because you're going to do it naturally. You're going to make choices throughout the day that serve the version of you you know deserves. And I think that was a big catalyst for me with change, changing food. It was when I went into the Whole30 in 2014, it was the first time I went into something, especially a food change with the perspective of, I deserve to live a really like a much better life than I'm living. And I need to nourish my body because like, that's part of it. I went into it with self-love instead of self-hate, right? Like every other diet's like, I hate myself. I want to lose weight. I want to look a certain way, X, Y, Z. And this time I went in empowered and saying, I deserve to feel good. I deserve to feel healthy, to be able to focus. I deserve to like achieve these dreams I have. And I can't do it when I'm foggy all the time and sluggish all the time and out of complete balance and all of that. 
I love how you also had this moment of self-love when you decided I can't do these strict diets. Like I can't live in this lifestyle where I'm trying to change my body to fit into an industry that currently my body maybe wasn't meant to be as double zero, whatever it is. Right. And that in really practicing self-love for yourself and truly caring for your body, all of a sudden it was like the universe was like, oh, there you are. Here's your opportunity now. I find have found this happening time and time again in my own journey. It's like the more that I tune in and turn inward and honor myself, the faster my dreams are realized, the more I seem to attract into my life. You have talked a little bit on your social pages about manifestation and all this. Can you share a little bit about your experience with that? It's a huge part of my life. And I know that it's nuanced. I know that manifestation comes with, it's a deeper conversation about probably privilege and access and and all that stuff. But acknowledging that, it's huge. It's a huge part of my life. One of the things I started doing when I was living in my parents' garage, I was six figures in debt trying to build model meals. And I used to write affirmations like, I am rich. Money flows to me faster than I can keep track of. And every single day, I'd write a future biography of myself. Danica Breisha is a a, three-time entrepreneur and XYZ and all these things that are a lot of things that are true for me today. And I do that. And I write journal entries from my future. And so I do a lot of this work. And then one of the practices I do really regularly now and because I'm always changing things up um, and these are the things that we do with, in self-care society like these are the exercises mm-hmm. we practice daily but I write I have a vivid vision that I wrote it's like a future biography uh, or a future journal entry that's about five minutes long and I wrote it just like you know I wake up early with no alarm the kids are still sleeping like the, the future that I want for myself I recorded it on my phone and I listen to it every single morning when I brush my teeth And it's just sort of reminds me every day of where I'm going and who I want to be. And then I have like a little prayer jar on my desk and I write every day. I feel like a little note card and I say, thank you for whatever I want to call in. So as if it's already arrived, I write, thank you for X, Y, Z. So, I mean, this is like just part of my every day and in the language that I speak and when I'm calling in, like it's huge, it's huge. It's so impactful. This stuff works. And I know that to many people it's woo woo and I, and I get it. But when you start practicing it regularly, you really see that, I mean, it's some powerful stuff. I don't have a daily practice per se, but I'm really rooted in gratitude. So I guess that's a daily practice. Before I fall asleep, I give gratitude. And then when I was 25, I actually cut out pictures from a magazine, glued it to a picture frame backing, and I have taken this vision board with me every time we've moved, all like seven times, and it sits in our room, and my husband always laughs like, lovingly. He's like, oh, the vision board's back out. And I'm like, I'm not going anywhere without this thing because it's working. We had a full circle moment a year ago where we were like, this thing has actually come alive. Like I'm doing all of it. So some things you don't necessarily have to be able to explain. It's a practice that gives back to you. It changes the dialogue in your mind. It changes how you then see the world and the actions that you take and your life flows in that direction. Absolutely. And I think all, all these exercises do is just put us in like a vibration of matching what we're calling in, you know, like, so all these mindset exercises, it's just like, they're all practices in acting 
as if. If I want to be this version of me in my vivid vision, I have to energetically vibrate as that version of me. And and I think actors probably have a real benefit when it comes to manifesting because the reality is like that's all we're trying to do here is like act as if and energetically embody that. This morning I taught a class for self-care society on your superhero self. And we did like a visualization to get everyone into that like real energy of like what that self, that version of you that goes after their dreams unapologetically is courageous, is expansive, doesn't care what other people think of them. Like we embodied it. And then we did the class from that energy and that embodiment. And I was like, pretend you're an actor, an actress, the director is going to say action. Like that's where I want you to go and go back to that energy as much as you can, like zip up the suit. Mm. zip up the suit as often as you Mm. can and it's like automatically you do it's like your shoulders go back your chest expands that's all it functions right to do is get you in those vibrations and that energy state yeah I love it anybody who's listening right now I would encourage you to maybe press pause for a second on the show and to imagine yourself living out for a moment in detail something that you'd love to happen in your life whether that's maybe a moment of making pancakes for your family, or maybe you're on a run and you can feel your heart beating and your lungs expanding and little droplets of sweat starting to form and a smile coming across your face. Actually imagine for a moment, vividly dream, I call them mental rehearsals, a moment that you'd like to see come into fruition. It is such a powerful activity. I love that you're talking about this. Okay. I want to discuss really quickly some of the nuts and bolts here because I completely agree when you say so often people know what it is they should be doing, like move your body, do some mindfulness and meditation, brush your teeth, do your gratitudes. And yet we don't do it, even though they're quite like simple things. Oh, I say that with major air quotes around it. (laughs) Clearly not actually that simple. But what are some of the systems and structures that you put in place to support you in actually carrying these things out? Yeah, I love that question. It's so important. And I always say like knowledge without integration is like, it it doesn't happen, right? Mm -hmm. And we're lucky that we live in this knowledge community or this knowledge culture where we have access to learn pretty much anything we want to learn about. Like that's so cool. But what happens is we collect knowledge all day. We consume, consume, consume. And if we don't integrate, we just feel like, crap, you know? And so for me, when I was living in my parents' garage, one of the things this, and this has been the foundation of like all my self-care work was I realized the same thing. I have the tools. I just need a way to actually integrate them every day. And so I decided one morning, and this is when I was really trying, really all I was trying to do was figure out a way to not binge eat by the end of the day. Like that was my goal. And I thought, okay, well, I know, I noticed that when I got enough sleep and when I moved my body and when I journaled and when I ate in a certain way, I noticed that I was less likely to binge eat at the end of the day. And so I was like, I wonder if I just did like four check boxes and check that off. Like actually just had a place to check these four things off and see. And of course it worked and not perfectly, but it worked. And so every day I would do these check boxes and I realized that this was the missing puzzle piece was the self-care checklist. And I coined it my self-care checklist. Mm-hmm. And so I very quickly started adding things to it, gratitude, affirmations, and it was just custom, right? It had a future biography that I would write every day and it changed, you know, I changed it as I had tools that worked or things that felt repetitive. And I just developed this self-care checklist over the course of that year and then moving on and on and on. And I still use it to this day. It's the foundation of self-care society. And it's what I taught on my tour because I had so many people asking me about it because a lot of people watched my life change on social. You know, I was was very active on social, especially then. And they watched my habits 
in action, you know, and it wasn't BS. Like this was my real, they saw it. And it was because I had this system for integration and I just realized this was a tool people needed. And so went on the road and taught it and all that. But I just felt like people were still really overwhelmed by it because it was, it had gotten a little complicated, but from the outside, because I had been doing it for a while. So it was natural for me, but I was trying to figure out a way to teach people and to use this tool, but in a way that was empowering. And I think it was really helpful to people, but I also knew we needed to simplify it. And we also needed to make it easier, which is why we created self-care society, because it was a way that people could come together and practice and use a self-care checklist that's built without feeling like the overwhelm about it. Yes. Like a whole nother list of things to add to your to-do list versus it feeling a bit more bite-sized. So cool. I cannot wait to check this thing out. I feel like I'm going to be obsessed with it. Here's what I'll say, you know, as someone, you know, I have a very, a lot of my plates and so many of us do. And I really like lists throughout my day. I'm a huge advocate for micro wins and like setting ourselves up for success. So I put like the smallest things on my list that, and other things that need to get done every day, right? Like Mm -hmm. I want to take my omega threes every day around a certain time. So that's on the list. And for me, what that is, that's self-love because I'm delegating to technology. And what I mean by delegating to technology is like, if I don't need to remember it, that's eliminating stress from my mind. If it's no longer my responsibility, I can delegate into technology. And, and yes, we would all love to have a personal assistant and people who help us with everything, (laughs) but that's not accessible to everyone. But there's a lot of technologies out there that are free. You know, I'm a really big advocate for that. Not everyone is like that. For some people that would be really stressful. And so I always like to say, like, take what you, what works for you and leave the rest. But for me, it's so freeing to have everything there because then I don't have to remember it. And then I'm not stressing about, did I forget something? I love it. In the reset, we'll often just tell people get a calendar and a pack of gold stars stickers or whatever it is. And on the days that you do those thing that you're working on this week, what maybe it's moving your body for 15 to 30 minutes every day, give yourself a little gold sticker, something to give you that little reward. Absolutely love that. curious to know about your experience in the modeling industry and how that's changed not only the industry as a whole, but with social media and now like, is there more expectation for models to be on social media? Does your social media presence give you a bigger pull with the agencies? Yeah. Can you give us the scoop there? Yeah. Oh yeah. So I, you know, I was really fortunate. I got into the plus size modeling industry really early. There was like 15 of us models and you saw them everywhere and every job and everyone knew each other. And it was like, (laughs) these are the girls, you know, and I'm so grateful. There's so much more space now, but you know, it's been very interesting to see because it's just shifted so much. Like when I started in plus and technically plus size in the fashion industry starts at a size six, which is a whole craziness. But, but I will say for the most part, clients have always booked in this like 10 to 16 range. I'm like a 12, 14, So, you know, I've seen it change a lot and I'm really proud of where it is now, especially because a lot of times now you're not even seeing this differentiation between plus and straight size. You're really just seeing everyone together. I'll say I've been really fortunate in the modeling industry and I don't 
know if it's because I got into it when I was like a little bit older. I was I was maybe 22 or 23 when I started, which is kind of like a dinosaur in modeling world. But like, <laughs> you know, I think because I'm in plus and they want you to be like curvy and more of a woman, I kind of got away with it. I've been really fortunate to uh, have a really positive experience in the industry. I don't ha- really have horror stories or anything like that, but I've really seen it change in in a positive way. But regarding social media, yes, a thousand percent is a huge part of it. I decided that I had no interest in being hot for a living, you know, probably like (laughs) five years ago. And I, I say that kind of jokingly, but kind of serious. Modeling is, while I am grateful for it, I'm really, it's an honor to be what I needed to see in the media. It is for me, not expansive. It is not it because it has nothing to do with who I am. Yes. You're literally booked for being a chef. Like, what color is your hair? What color is your skin? What size is your yeah. body? How tall yeah. are you? So yeah. shoot you wear. It has nothing to do with who I am. Now, I can say that with a little disclaimer of nowadays where social media comes into play more, they want to know more about your personality and your story and your brand and who you are. So it is, again, it's changing for the better, but it is a tough industry. And it's something that I'm so grateful to do, but I haven't, it's not my passion. I feel like I can make a much bigger impact in other things. So I'm grateful for what comes along, but you got to play the game if you want to be big. And I don't, I don't, I just can't play the game anymore. I feel like you are making impact on so many different levels, right? Whether it's the surface level by being in images that girls are going to see. And let's be clear here. Your body is being labeled as plus size, but you're actually that very average size of an American woman. So we really need to work on shifting that term, I think. But whether it's there or the food industry that you're into and now even like moving into self-care it's like you continue to go deeper and deeper and deeper in your impact which is really really cool thank you yeah I mean I think I really just want to like I know the pain that I was in at one point in my life and the struggle and and the you know lack of self-worth and I feel like it's my duty to share like I I look at my life now and I'm like wow I am a totally different person. I have this big, beautiful life and I do what I love every day. I mean, it's a dream. It would be selfish if I didn't make it my priority to help others get to that point in whatever way that looks for them. And that's the most rewarding thing for me is to create opportunities for others or empower others. And more than anything, like all I want to do is empower people to trust themselves because I don't have anyone's answers. I can tell my story and what worked for me, but it's like, I really think we have an epidemic of thinking that we need to trust everyone else for our answers instead of going inward and, and trusting ourselves. And, and that's really something I'm passionate about is I think I spent so much of my life thinking that everyone else had my answers, right? Like diet culture does that. It tells you, you can't be trusted to eat in a reasonable way, but Dr. Atkins can. So listen to how he tells you to do it. And there's so much of that in so many places. And so I think we were taught from a young age to trust, and maybe it's like the marketing industry, the ad industry. I don't know. There's probably a lot of reasons, but I do think that what we realize if we are willing to get quiet and still, which is hard, if we can get still and listen in, we find that the answers that we're looking for everywhere else are inside of us. We just never created space to listen. And so that's something I really feel passionate about is helping people come back to themselves and and trust themselves and know that like, 
yeah, you can get all the advice everywhere and you can seek inspiration everywhere outside yourself. But I want you to learn to seek your answers within because that's really helped me. And food and the whole 30 was a big part of why, how I got to the mental clarity to do that work because I used to be so foggy, I couldn't go inward. And so that's why I'm really, I'm really passionate about the physical stuff, right? That like, because there's only so much depth we can get to on an emotional, spiritual level. If our body's out of balance, it's impossible to pause and go inward and to listen. And and so it's a mixture, right? It's a mixture of these more obvious self-care things, eat well, move your body, get sleep, that sort of facilitates the deeper emotional, spiritual work. Beautiful. I'm curious to know your thoughts on two things that just hit the airways. One, Victoria's Secret has done a bit of an overhaul. They've now brought in their Victoria's Secret Collective, a group of women who are all amazing in their own right, different body types, different body sizes. This is obviously a huge shift in comparison to the use of Victoria's Secret's one body type look that was, for me, really, really fed into my own eating disorder and this ideal of beauty. I still find myself going to the hairdresser and I'm like, I'm still aiming for the Victoria's Secret hair. And they're like, okay, girl, you know those are extensions, right? And I'm like, just make me look like one of them. But I was, I was so, I had mixed feelings about this. I mean, I'm obviously so happy that they're moving in a new direction. It was very needed and timely. And then another part of me is like, But we see you, Victoria's Secret, like we know what you're about and it's ultimately the bottom line. You always have been looking out for your bottom line more than you've been looking out for us. And now you just see that everyone's going this route. So you're jumping ship and it's, but it feels a bit too late. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I I would say I am surprised with, like you said, it feels a little late. I will also say, and we've seen this more than anything this year, that I think everyone deserves an opportunity to try again and restart. Like we're such a culture of like, you make one mistake and you're canceled. I completely agree that we're so fast to cancel people right now. And there's not a lot of room for people to make mistakes, learn from them and grow and evolve, which is really an important part of growth because ultimately sometimes those voices of people who, I mean, we all make mistakes can become the biggest advocates for what is right because they're learning in a much deeper way. Absolutely. And and yes, you know, we have to hold people accountable and responsible. You know, it's obviously a delicate balance. But I really think that the more we make people like people are already so afraid to mess up and like we have to fail. Like if we don't fail, we don't grow, we don't learn and it's going to stifle like our entire expansion as a global community. <laughs> if like everyone's taught to be so terrified of failure or saying the wrong thing or messing up, like that's going to be a major issue. So I believe pay attention obviously and choose who you want to consume information from. But I do think we need to have a lot more gentleness and understanding in this world in general. Okay. Victoria's Secret. I forgive you. I'm very happy to see your collective. It looks stunning and gorgeous. And I hope that all the marketing dollars and money that have been put into previous shows are now put into holding space for a wide diversity of women as per Nix and some of these other companies <laughs> that are also making incredible underwear are doing. Amen. Okay. And then the other one that I was really excited about was Sports Illustrated. 
This also just goes to show you that I have a negative taste in my mouth about Victoria's Secret based on my past because Sports Illustrated literally has done nothing different. But I'm like feeling happy about their most recent runway show, which also showed just a beautiful, eclectic, diverse group of women that they pulled from not only the modeling industry, but like entrepreneurs and business and like nurses and teachers and just like a wide variety of women to walk this runway show in swimsuits. I mean, there's so much change happening. Yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible. And I hope that... Well, here's the thing. It's consumer behavior, right? Because the reality yeah. is we're, we've all asked for it. And any company that's smart is to going to pay attention that, the, you know, what Dove started it mostly. I don't know. Yes. If it was, I shouldn't say they started it, but, you know, they started that campaign a while ago when that was pretty new. And, you know, people are demanding it. And so we should be proud of ourselves because our voices matter, even when they feel like they don't. Right. Nowadays, more than anything, we can we can get in direct contact with the brands that we like and we can vote with our dollars. And I think that's a really big statement. Like voting with your dollars is like a really important thing. And even if it sounds small, I'm going to spend $1 here instead of here, like it adds up, right? Because the money goes, we're seeing it with like natural food brands, right? A lot of these big companies that are acquiring some of the natural food brands or anything like that. I mean, they get it They're because people want food that is, has less GMOs, food that is not, you know, the workers are being compensated fairly. Like, so it's really interesting. And and I think that, you know, businesses have to pay attention, you know, and they are, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's an exciting time to be here. Never a dull day on planet Earth. Nope. <laughs> if I was to take you and plunk you onto an island and I told you, you can take three self-care tools with you, which ones would you take with you? Which ones have been the most impactful in your life? You know, what's kind of cool is most of it is all stuff you don't need anything for. I would say a, jur- a journal and pen. I'm going to call that one so that I can get, still get two more options in there, even though it's technically yeah. two items. Writing and journaling has been huge for me, especially in the early days of that clarity that came through when I changed my lifestyle. The clarity that came that I came to about myself and my life through that practice was so powerful. Sleep, which you don't need anything for. You can just chill in the sand you know, food, but you don't really have to bring it if the island's got like, you know, coconuts and <laughs> produce and like natural stuff growing and fish. Yeah. Like so maybe some fire to cook it, but I don't know. You know, you get what I'm saying is like meditation and these practices of mindset or like they don't require anything. And I think that's, what's really beautiful is that, you know, there's, there's certainly self-care things we can splurge on, but doesn't really require a whole lot to journal or to meditate. So I guess that's like the beautiful thing, right? Some of the most substantial, impactful self-care is the stuff that's simple and free. We're going to make sure that we link to Self-Care Society Model Meals down below. Where else can people find you? Yeah, we'll do um, a free trial for your members for Self-Care Society if anyone wants to try it out. Amazing. Okay, great. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm mostly on Instagram uh, at Danica Breisha. We have at Model Meals and at Self-Care Society. Okay, we're coming to find you. Thank you so much for all the beautiful work that you are doing to impact us on all of these different levels. Can't wait for everyone to continue to tune in and to see what's next for you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Please take a moment to rate, review, or follow on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with someone that you think could benefit. Join the Raw Beauty Talks community at Raw Beauty Talks. And remember, 
It's your story, your body, your mind, and your journey. So think about what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. I'll see you next week. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.